All right. Thank you for joining for this episode of the Techspective podcast. Uh, my guest this time is uh, DJ Sampath from Armor Block. So, DJ, uh, if you could uh, give us a little bit of background on you and and on on the company, and we'll uh, have a conversation. Sounds good. Well, well, first of all, I'll tell you, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it's definitely uh, yeah, I'm more excited to be on on your podcast. And uh, in a quick intro of myself, I'm, um, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Armor Blocks. Uh, we started this company about uh, roughly close to three years ago um, with the mission of being able to stop, um, you know, uh, email initiated attacks and compromises and, uh, and being able to even go beyond emails to be able to protect enterprises as they communicate um, both, you know, internally and externally to organizations outside. Um, ensuring that we're able to stop some of the most advanced types of attacks, like in you know, a business email compromise and, um, and, and and targeted email attacks on the inbound side, while at the same time looking at hey, what's um, what's going outside of your enterprises when you're talking to, um, to to people that are not inside of your company, but you know to to vendors or customers or contractors as you communicate with them. Uh, ensuring that you are compliant with the organization's policies. So we, we felt like this was a problem that wasn't solved um, in a way that was um, you know, that was you know, friendly to the uh, to the users. Um, it was easy to deploy, and and, uh, and we felt like the um, you know it was it was a niche. It was a it was time for us to go out and and, and sort of reimagine how to how to fundamentally disrupt the uh, the status quo. And so that's sort of what we did with Armor Blocks um, and. Uh, and, and, and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're heads down building, um, you know, a phenomenal product that's, um, and, and, and with, a, with an amazing team that's, uh, that's helping us um, on this journey. And in uh, a quick, you know, from a background perspective, I was, uh, I've been in security for a while now, um, and I spent some time on the industry side, having um, had a tenure at, at a few startups and at a few uh, big companies as well. And, uh, and prior to that, um, I got my PhD in computer engineering and, uh, and got to work with um, you know, some of the uh, uh, esteemed organizations. And you know, um, and I was very grateful for my uh, my dissertation um, funding source, which came from uh, from DARPA and the military. So that's a little bit about myself. Very cool. Um, all right. So you know, the you know the description you just provided. I mean, Armor Blocks does uh, you know provides security you know on a broader scale than than just email and you know guards against more than just uh uh you know email uh, compromise but it, you know given the the uh situation going on around the world right now in response to um coronavirus and the the covid19 pandemic and you know various states and counties across the united states have you know some form of shelter-in-place uh, order or, uh, you know, some kind of lockdown in, in place to try to contain the spread of this virus. And, you know, what, what ended up happening is, you know, I, I guess roughly a month ago, um, you know, many companies from all industries of all shapes and sizes, uh, you know, suddenly went from normal operation to, you know, basically 100% work from home, um, you know, for those who are lucky enough to work from home. I mean, a lot of people are just out of work, but, but uh, you know, for the, for the roles that were, were, it was possible, you know, people are now working from home. I myself am, you know, working from home. Um, uh, and, and I know you are as well. And, 
this this whole you know situation has has created uh, a, a spike in terms of um, uh, uh, malware threats and and cyber attacks and and email uh, compromise attacks and so I just want to, wanted to get your insight kind of like what are you seeing um, in terms of um, you know the threat landscape around coronavirus absolutely uh, you know that's a it's a great point in the, you know and, and sort of the uh, you know observations that we have had in the past few weeks it's been uh, you know obviously um, you know to your point about how you know we're living in you know very interesting times um, with 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 pretty much you know all of the workforces of all shapes and sizes working remotely from our, from our homes the um, you know, one would have expected that, you know, with sort of the situation happening, we might see a, a pause perhaps in, in, in the cyber attacks. Um, but, you know, as, as being a, a cynical, you know, uh, veteran in this industry for a while now and, uh, you know, and, and watching some of the other folks that have been there longer, observing from them, the it wasn't too much of a surprise to see this going up, you know. Uh, we observed, you know, north of about a 230% increase in, uh, in in the types of emails, uh, you know, and especially phishing campaigns that were being, um, um, you know, uh, and new phishing campaigns uh, within our own customer base. And in uh, publicly, we're, we learned that, you know, talking to some of the other folks and other vendors, um, I think the, the numbers that they are seeing are almost six times the usual levels in the past four weeks. So, so, so one of the, um, you know, the, the, the obvious, um, you know, uh, percept over here is that attackers are, you know, fundamentally looking for, um, you know, what, what, what's going to get them inside of um, a potential target's infrastructure, right? And, uh, and phishing has obviously been one of those common low-cost ways of being able to do that. And, um, and, and so they are, they're obviously taking advantage of the fact that most of us are uncertain where we're doing something completely new, we don't have the ability to, 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 to sort of look over our shoulder and quickly ask, you know, to one of our colleagues or employees saying, hey, man, listen, I got this email. This seems odd. Does, does this look right to you? You know, they're, they're taking advantage of the fact that you we're not, we're not doing what we usually do um, to be able to um, sort of, um, you know, uh, construct new attack types. And so, so obviously, you know, um, it, we're seeing an increase in those. We have successfully flagged and caught those, and and we, uh, you know, we've made our customers aware, saying, "Hey, listen, you know, these emails are showing up. Um, these emails are you know, obviously an impersonation uh, emails that are impersonating figures of authority, like you know, the CDCs or the WHO. You know, it, it almost always um, shows up um, as if." you know, uh, providing information that might possibly be useful, right? Um, sometimes emails have um, genuinely useful information. Like one of the uh, one of the ways by which this was happening was, you know, the, the Johns Hopkins uh, COVID tracking map uh, has been something that a, a lot of people have been using as a resource to understand what's really going on you know, across the world. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and attackers have managed to um, take that map and, 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 and offer it as a link in an email, which ends up downloading a binary um, and executable um, on, a, on, a, on a lot of people's machines that, that's basically just a malware packaged with just this, um, you know, realistic looking dashboard. So, so for a lot of people who just want to put it up on a, on a screen somewhere, if they find it easier to download a binary and put it up there, 
And uh, turns out, you know, that's that's basically just malware. So, um, so, so this is this is already um, out there. People are talking about this. So, so it's important to sort of, you know, be aware that when you see an email, um, you know, that's that's coming from a source, it's important to verify and validate those sources. Um, the the one one other interesting one, uh, and, I, and I think you'll like this, is um, um, it, you know, it's basically directly related to what you just talked about. As um, as we start, you know, uh, moving the teams to their, you know, for the for the shelter in place, as the teams start working from home, the IT teams have had this challenge where they have to make sure that the, um, you know, the people that are working from home have the right sort of, you know, setup to be able to connect into their offices. You know, perhaps they need to download a, a VPN client uh, to make sure that they're connected to the office networks, or they sometimes even have to ship laptops and so on and so forth. Now. To do this, they, they're sending out emails, you know, giving instructions to the employees. We've even seen attackers mimic those types of emails where it seems like it's coming from your IT department asking you to download something or install something on your laptop. And, uh, and it's pretty you know, remarkable. You know? So you've got to give it to the, the ingenuity of the, uh, the attackers that are seeing these patterns and rapidly adapting to, to sort of um, you know, uh, do these things. So uh, it's, um, it, it's, it's rather... Uh, when we were watching that and we saw that we blocked it, it was it was pretty um, you know, shocking and surprising to see how quickly they had adapted to this. Well, you know, this is, uh, you know, obviously this is a very unique scenario. However, on another level, it's not that unique from a cybersecurity perspective in that cyber attackers are always opportunistic and it doesn't matter whether it's really, really good news or really bad news. If there's, if there's news, if there's something out there that, is driving headlines and and will catch people's attention. That's part of the you know standard operating playbook is to try to play off of that and 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 uh, sort of exploit um, interest in that topic. You're right. You're absolutely right. I think I think the um, I think the you know one would hope that you know folks have you know a little bit of. Uh, um, uh, how do I say it? A, a little more empathy, but at the same time, uh, I think uh, I, I think it's uh, it's not to be expected of, uh, of cyber attackers. So um, you know, I'm with you on that. I think uh, I think it's been a, it's been their common mo to to recognize uncertainty, to recognize that people are afraid or confused, and uh, and leverage this new cycle to you know to put something out there which has a sense of urgency and and forcing a you know forcing the folks that are reading the email to take quick action. Right. You know, and so. Yeah, you're spot on. I mean, I think um, you know it's. In fact, we um, one of the uh, interesting pieces was uh, I think Kevin um, Kevin Mednick, I believe, or and a few others had actually started tweeting out saying that hey, we're going to watch out for attackers that are going to start attacking hospitals, and if you do that, we're going to come for you. We're going to start attacking and then starting to encounter attacks. So there was a lot of that going on you know, two weeks ago, and uh, it's still going on in the, quite a bit of the. Uh, the security community at this point. So, well, I saw early on, you know, a few weeks ago, there was a story about. Uh, I want to say it was, you know, Interpol had like talked with some of the major cybercrime, you know, syndicates and and come to some sort of a an agreement that uh, you know healthcare and hospitals would you know would be off limits. And it was like a story at the time. You know, there were headlines saying, you know, hey, the the, the attackers have agreed. And I was like, well. Maybe a couple attackers agreed. I'm like, it's not like they have a union, you know. <laughs> like, there's nobody, there's nobody controlling the, you know, all all attackers. And 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 if there's a couple like major, 
you know, ransomware groups that, you know, have some sort of morals and ethics uh, and, and, and are willing to sort of stand down for now. That's all. I mean, that's great, except for that. It also at the same time creates a vacuum because if for every for every cyber criminal who's willing to, uh, you know, respect the, the, the unique situation the world is in, there's five more who are willing to take advantage of it. You're right. I mean, at, and at the end of the day, it almost works out like a. Uh, I mean, it, it is fueled in some sense from a, you know, uh, from the sense of hey, you know, what what can I do that that asymmetrically gives me more capital, and um, you know, sometimes it mimics in some sense. And I don't want to you know overextend myself there, you know, or overextend the metaphor. Um, but but you'll you probably see this happening, you know, even in business, right? You know, every single crisis is seen as an opportunity to do something more, but. But having being able to do that within certain uh, morality, you know, guidelines is, is is something that you know is natural to expect, you know, among humans. And so um, I'm glad that you know Interpol was able to do that. But you're right, you're spot on. There is no union for you know for 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 cyber attackers, and uh, and they are going to take you know um, they're going to leverage the the situation as we're seeing. You know, we're seeing. Right. You know, um, increased a number of attacks. We're seeing increased phishing emails. We're seeing increased BC attacks. Um, and from, a, so. from a ransomware perspective, like you know, if we're talking about ransomware attacks against hospitals and healthcare facilities and such, um, if I'm the attacker, now seems like a prime a prime time because I would say that you are exponentially more likely to pay the ransom. Given the circumstances, like you don't have time to, you don't have time to, to jerk around, you know, like if I, if I successfully encrypt all of the data at your hospital, you don't have time to screw around with, uh, you know, restoring from backup or whatever. It's like, just pay the ransom and, and move on. We've got lives to save. Right. No, you're, you're right. I mean, uh, and, and it's true. I mean, in, in hospitals, it's, it's almost always been that situation, you know, even on the default mode, right. You know, hospitals are, um, you know, or almost always in an emergency response mode, but uh, but now more so than ever because you know, they're they're saturated. So so you're right that they're going to see this situation happen. They're going to be like, okay, we're going to resolve this within the next, you know, um, in less than 24 hours. So let's move quickly. And so they're going to they're they're more likely to pay for those uh, you know for the ransom, and and they don't have the time to like do the you know the the, the normal response, which is to you know hire an incident response team. Digging deeper, you know, have the negotiation going on with the, uh, you know, with the person that's uh, that's holding you for ransom. So, so that entire process gets circumvented, and we've seen and we've heard anecdotally that um, that they're not even waiting for the uh, the IR folks to come in, uh, you know, the, the responders to come in and, and participate in that negotiation. Um, you know, um, we've heard stories where. They're directly talking to the, uh, you know, to the ransomware folks, to the principals directly, and uh, and, and agreeing to things, and uh, in the interest of wrapping this up fast. So, yeah. so you're right. You know, it is well, it is ongoing at this point. So let's jump back to what you were talking about on the uh, email compromise side, and you know, and phishing attacks in, in general. Um, you alluded to, and, and I agree with that. Like in a, in a normal work environment, you know, you're sitting in the office. Um, first of all, there's a perception, whether it's legitimate or not, <clears throat> that, uh, you know, because you're inside the walls of the office and, you know, ostensibly, you know, quote unquote, inside the company network, 
that the IT team, the IT security time, IT security team has got your back, and you know maybe maybe you don't need to be as vigilant. You know, you know hopefully there's some you know spam filters there and and, and different things that will will catch it. Um, and not to say that people don't uh, aren't vigilant at all, but I feel like you know your guard is maybe down a little bit when you're at when you're at the office. Um, now you you kind of thrust all of those people into a situation where they're using, you know, possibly using just their home computer over, you know, VPN if you're lucky, possibly just over the public internet, accessing whatever, um, and 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 you know, and and keeping in mind that different people have different access needs. Like not everyone needs to have a VPN connection to the corporate network. Um, a lot of people can get by just fine. Uh, with just email um, or maybe a couple, you know, cloud-based SaaS applications, you know, like, or whatever. But the, the point being, now they're at home, they're on a, a, an unmanaged device that, that doesn't even belong to the company. Um, and they're receiving emails, which, as you pointed out, um, I mean, it's, it's sort of the MO of phishing and, and, and uh, email attacks in general is to have a, a a sense of urgency and, and, a, and a call to action that makes you click immediately. Like basically the, the idea is get someone to do something before they have time to think about it. Right. I mean, absolutely. You're, 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 you're spot on. I think the, the, you know, a few quick, you know, shifts that I like to call out is this, right? Uh, one of the, one of the things that uh, to your point about the IT departments that they're going through is, they're recognizing that, you know, as, as we move to the, um, you know, as, as they sort of got ready to prepare for this, um, the situation, for the shelter and home situation, a lot of the companies went through a, a testing phase. They, they wanted to make sure that, you know, um, they, they could actually manage the load of people that, that are going to be starting to work remote and, and can they even sustain it. So they had to ensure that they're, you know, the ones that are lucky and had the, uh, the appropriate VPN capabilities, they, they tested the loads. And they had to augment it. They had to purchase more, you know, bandwidth to be able to do that. Um, so, 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 so they were trying to do their best in terms of being able to cope with this. But one, you know, effect that's coming off of this situation is that people are getting more comfortable with the notion of the cloud, right? So they're saying, okay, you know, here, here, here was my legacy setup that helped me protect uh, my enterprise, and I really didn't want to do much about it because, you know, I didn't want to go back and then look at all of these pieces, but what this has forced them to do is to sort of reevaluate how their setup is. And in some sense, it's accelerating their move, their, their transformation to, to move into the club. So, so, so there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's definitely a benefit, you know, in some sense for the IT teams, especially from a budget perspective. You know, if they were constrained before where they said, hey, no, I don't have the budget to be able to let you guys move to the club. This has been, uh, you know, one of those uh, situations where they've had to rapidly make some of these decisions so that they can uh, protect the employees so that when the employees are accessing, you know, some of their emails, say from an unsanctioned device, um, you know, at their homes, they still get some of the protections that the cloud services would offer uh, in terms of, uh, as opposed to trying to rely on their, you know, on, on legacy infrastructure that they may have within the enterprise. So, so, so that's definitely one trend that we're observing, which is, you know, which is going, which is headed in the right direction. Um, now, having said that, it's, it, you know, it's incredibly challenging to be able to enforce, um, you know, some of the IT policies, you know, 
If, say that you accidentally did click on a, um, you know, on a, on, a, on, a, on a malicious link. Say that you hopefully had some sort of um, an uh, uh, anti-malware software that's running on your endpoint, assuming that that's a, a, an IT um, sanctioned laptop that you have. And um, you know, normally what would end up happening is, you know, you would you would have some of the IT folks reach out. Somebody would, you know, pop up, you know, come into your office or, or shoot you a text and say, "Hey, listen, you might have clicked on a wrong link. We see that you got you might have downloaded a malware. Can you please, you know, refresh all of these things and reset your passwords?" You know, that 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 whole thing that would happen inside the confines of perhaps an office is now, you know, uh, it, it's it's a little bit harder. Because the uh, the teams are not they're just you know ramping up on like hey how do I get on a, a Zoom call or how do I do this how do I where am I looking for people that have never used uh, some of the, uh, the the you know communication tools like Slack or Teams and and relied on emails you know they're they're basically going back and saying okay I've got way too many emails coming in way too many meetings happening they're sort of normalizing and adjusting for you know the, the new behavioral patterns um, this shelter in place is required and so. So in between those, if an email pops up that looks a lot like one of these emails, but it's coming from a different source, um, it's it's incredibly um, difficult for for them to be able to you know prioritize this, and um, and, and, and you know they end up engaging with that email, um, and, and they're engaging with the uh, with the attacker. So one of the key things that we see over here is especially you know people that work with you know vendors or partners, you know uh, we've noticed that the attacker sort of leverage existing relationships, you know, and um, and so you end up seeing an email that shows up that seems like it's an email that came from a, a known established vendor that says, hey, listen, uh, we we just did a, you know, the following things. We wanted to offer you some additional resources. Um, would you like to you know, try out, um, you know, here's something that you could do. Here's a link to the COVID-19 resource and maybe there's a cure that's being working uh, that, that, you know, that people are talking about. Instantly, that's going to cause people to, you know, engage with that. Right. So so that's that's something that, you know, we're seeing, you know, as we sort of see that evolution of like, you know, people people coming in. It's not so much just about um, a one off email, but it's in the in the deluge of emails that they are seeing. Um, it's it's, you know, a, a massive increase in the emails in itself. Like if you were to just look at the usage statistics of emails, usage statistics of, um, you know, uh, VPN stuff, well, usage statistics of Zoom and, and Slack. You're seeing that um, everything is, you know, at, at a crazy high and uh, at a crazy high level, and so, so, so they're basically looking at these hundreds of emails in the inbox, and one of them is from a vendor that they trust. So, so, so it's 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 not it's not easy, uh, is what I'm trying to say, you know, for for end users to sort of know what's what's an attack and what's not. Yeah, and there's a, a kind of a unique opportunity there where if you know, it, let, let's say the attacker has 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 enough uh, information at their disposal, or is able to do enough research to figure out, you know, who are the sort of customers and partners and suppliers of a given company. Um, in an, in a normal situation, you know, two months ago, you know, maybe maybe you would never ever expect that partner or that customer to you know, send you an email with a link to jump on a video conference or whatever. But now that's the new norm. Um, and, you know, so now you know, if, I, if I'm the attacker and I can make something, make an email that looks like it came from a partner or a customer that says, you know, hey, I'm having an urgent problem with, uh, you know, your product or service. I need you to click on this link to jump on this, jump on this conference. 
And you know, and and so given the situation right now, you're 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 much less likely to think twice about that. Correct. Exactly. Nine out of ten times, people are going to click on that link because they want to know, hey, um, that service is important to my business. Um, let me make sure that that's still running. Let me let me make sure that everything's okay. They're going to click on that link, and um, and it's going to redirect them. You know, they're still going to get on a media call, but they're not going to realize that there's now another pop up that's sitting somewhere that's going to take their O365 credentials. So it's not necessarily just to you know not a scare tactic. I want to make sure that you know um, I'm communicating this in a way that doesn't sound like it's just about throwing fud out there. But it, you know it, it is what we what we're seeing. We're, we're you know we we actually blogged about this um, and and we put it out on our armorblocks.com uh, website. We put a blog. We talked about hey here's what we're seeing, and um, and we're seeing really unique you know TTPs um, that that ex extend. It's expand beyond, you know, um, a, a simple, you know, phishing link. You know, it, it, people don't even realize that they've clicked on a link um, that that could potentially be uh, compromised. You know, so you know the video conferencing tool shows up, and uh, they get through with their call, and then in the scenario that you just, you know, played out, and um, and it's just another redirect URL that that pops up in the back that looks like an Office 365 login page, and um, and so then they start entering their login and password. And they realize, wait, why didn't that go through? Or sometimes that even redirects to the appropriate Office 365 endpoint. And um, and so so that's sort of how we've seen some of these attacks play out. And uh, and once they have the credentials to your um, to your email, they set up mail forwarding rules, um, which is what we call an email account compromise. And um, and once an EAC happens, where your emails that are coming in are being forwarded to another mailbox, they now have complete context. Um, of, of being able to inject, the attackers can inject themselves seamlessly into a conversation and, um, and, and, and cause you know, irreparable harm. So, um, so yes, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, you know, it's been rather fascinating and tragic at the same time as we, as we perform these investigations for our customers. And our goal has been to, uh, to get, get ahead of the curve, you know, preempt it before it really happens. Yeah, it, it, it's funny how you... you know, and you know what you said uh you know having it be fascinating and tragic i mean I, i've i've felt that way about a lot of like the larger attacks going back you know 20 years you know like when when sql slammer happened when code red and nimda happened happened <clears throat> and i was you know working in the in the security trenches at the time and you know so on the one hand i'm 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 annoyed and pissed off because you know th th there's this attack and it's messing with things and you know i'm 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 now having to work through the weekend to try to clean up after this mess but then when i step back and look at it you know and you look at kind of like the 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 you know how 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 clever the attack was, and and then and, and how it was able to execute, and you you, know, you can you, there's yeah. I, I've always had like a little bit of an appreciation for the ingenuity that goes into it, and then and then I, you know, kind of scratch my head and think, you know, if only those people could you know take that creativity and use it for good, you know, I know, <laughs> Cause right? Because they're, <laughs> they're genuinely good solutions to the problem. It's just that you know the problem they're trying to solve is 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 messing with other people's lives. Um, yeah. Exactly. You're, you're, you're spot on, you know, I, I, and, and a lot of us who are now doing what we're doing at some point in our lives, we've, we've been on the offensive side. We know what it takes to be able to put some of that stuff together. But uh, but you're spot on, you know, when on the, on the defensive side, you start looking at these things and you go, wow, this is this is really impressive. You know, and, uh, and I remember like you know, to your point about, you know, SQL Slammer, I think it was Configure with the other one, the, the Mars Worm. I believe the, the other one was also a Blaster. I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. the Blaster. 
Yeah, so it was. Uh, these were pretty fascinating. I mean, obviously, Stuxnet was the, uh, the you know the mother of all, um, which which just refused to go away. You know, the variants of them kept you know of that one kept coming back over and over again. But it's um, it, it's definitely you know they're they're really you know you know uh, smart people that are putting this together. And um, and and again, one of the the, the shifts that we're seeing is they're they're moving from you know constructing these into doing a lot of OSINT. And open source intelligence, and so with OSN, they 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 crawl your Twitter, they crawl your LinkedIn pages, and, and information that people willfully put out there, right? And uh, and that makes it really easy to be able to scrape that that part, you know, those parts of that information, and associate them with your work emails, and um, and and that's again, if you want to look at it from from the ingenuity part, it's a, it's a lot of data science work, right? You got to clean up all of that data. You got to associate that with your profiles across the board. It's, it's some of the things that uh, you know the world's best CRMs try try their best to do, and uh, and and a lot of this happens because the the reason why we know this is we we see those emails. Those emails look like a really legitimate email that showed up perfectly at the time where you were traveling. Now you're you're in, in some other part of the world, which by the way is now um, travel sounds like a you know thing in the past. You know I don't think anybody <laughs> talks about travel today. It's a it's it's almost in the black and white days, in the days where we could travel. If, you know, they would they would identify those, and they would they would start sending those emails because um, they've got enough information about you know how you operate, you know what are you working with. And to your point earlier, they figure out what are the vendors that normally communicate to your organization. They're able to do that. You know, I, I believe there are websites that that tell you what stack you use. Um, if you go to a website and you type in a company's name, it'll tell you, you know, um, what technologies they're using for the website. It crawls the DNS entries and um, and gives you all of the, um, you know, the details about you know which products you might have purchased in the recent past, in the past, you know, three months, yeah. six months, twelve months, and so so they have access to to all of that resources, and they come back and they say all they have to do is find the right time to drop um, a, 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 an email into your mailbox and, and walk away with uh, with tens of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Well, all right, so, um, you know, who knows? You know, it, it, it's it's certainly up for debate, uh, especially right now as, as it's literally being debated, um, you know, when um, Things will return to some semblance of normal. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't expect that it will be in the immediate future. Um, but for everyone who's you know in this situation, who's working from home, who's who's you know having to you know kind of figure out how to survive through uh, uh, quarantine, um, and actually even even in places where people are still going to work. I mean, there's still there's still our coronavirus themed attacks. Um, what kind of things, and I think we've hit on a lot of them, but just to sum up, what should people be looking for? Um, you know, like, you know, what what would be some telltale signs that would say, hey, you know what, that's that maybe that email is not legitimate. Right, that's a, that's a great question. I think um, you know our common tips for for people as they as they look at these emails is to first of all have a healthy dose of skepticism. Uh, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. Um, uh, you know, with that said, um, you know, the, the first thing you look for is to see if it is an impersonation attack. You know, um, if it's an email that, that purports to come from, you know, CDC or the WHO, uh, it behooves upon users to just say, hey, can I confirm, can I, can I double click on the, on the names to find out if that is a legitimate domain, is this person really sending an email from this, uh, from an appropriate domain? 
Um, the the other thing is to look for you know a, a sense of urgency. You know, if somebody's actually getting you to do something rather quickly, forcing you to quickly react to it, um, that becomes you know a key indicator that hey, somebody's forcing you to do something that that seems unnatural, unusual. Uh, a good hygiene over there is to confirm if that's something that other people are also seeing or talking to the appropriate person in a different channel, perhaps not in an email, not just responding to that email, but uh, but using another channel like you know, a phone, text message, or you know, switching to Slack, or you know, shooting a message from your instant messenger to, to basically confirm that, hey, that's, that's in fact something that needs to be done or not. The, uh, the third thing we normally talk about is, um, you know, uh, being, you know, being watchful. Like if there's a, a link that shows up, um, we always talk about not clicking on links, but you know, double check that that resource that's being provided to you, which might seem like really good information, right? Good update um, uh, that, that you could leverage because in times of crisis, you ideally want to consume more information. Everybody's trying to understand things better. They want to quickly process information and be on top of that information flow. So they're likely to quickly click on those links and the resources and, and understand them. You know, just to take a quick pause to make sure that that link, link looks right, it's coming from the right source, you know, it can be you know, incredibly helpful. So, so those are you know, a few things to look for. And, and last, you know, one of the things that we've also seen is the, uh, the updates that pretend to come from your company's IT department. You know, if, if you're seeing a, a request for you to download and install something, um, just make sure that it is in fact coming from your company and, and it's an ask the link that they are providing you know for you to download it's an appropriate source uh, so those are you know um, some of the basic steps that, that that we strongly recommend that that people do you know in times like these you know it, it's interesting you know one of the so the, the normal advice so the normal guideline is you know if you receive an email, from an unknown source, don't click on the link and don't open the attachment. Or if you, you know, even if you, or if you, you know, along those lines. And I feel right. like you know, now you just kind of step that up a level and just say, you know what, if there's a link or an attachment at all, stop and think about that first. Like even if it's from someone you know. Right. Correct. Exactly. And um, and a lot of times, even even if it is someone that you know. Um, you don't know if their account has been compromised. You know, we we constantly see vendor compromised attacks where the vendors are compromised and somebody's sending an email pretending to be them. They, they're not even sending it from a different source. They're sending it from a completely valid domain. And, uh, and it's important to sort of reflect on that saying, what is this person trying to say? Is this right. person asking, saying that, hey, have my bank account and my routing numbers have changed? Hmm, okay. Let me pick up the phone. Let me call them up to confirm that that's that's really the case. So, um, so, so you know, taking that extra step, going that extra extra mile, uh, becomes really important. You know, now more so than ever. Um, all right, that's uh, good advice. Okay, so so that you know is some you know helpful tips for individuals who are trying to, right. to deal with this from a more of a business side. Um, you know, what is, you know, is, is armor blocks doing anything differently? You know, what, what is, what, what do you, what do you have to offer for companies that are trying to protect against these kind of things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we've, you know, we've been, you know, one of the, one of the, um, ways we sort of think about this problem here at armor blocks is, you know, while we do want people to be more aware of the types of attacks that are coming in, the, the expectation you know, commonly the expectation is not to have the users be security experts, right? Your employees be security experts. 
they are experts at their jobs. You want them to move incredibly fast at the job that they're doing, and they're trained for that. They're highly skilled, and that, and and, and you know, while security training is helpful uh, to expect everybody to do always the right thing from a security perspective, is going to be hard you now uh, because they're socially wired to 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 respond quickly, to move fast, and to do their jobs incredibly well. So with that perspective, you know, the way we sort of look at the world is that we believe that machines can really help solve some of these problems. You know, we're building a solution instead of armor blocks that helps you recognize what's fraud and what's not, right? And so we have, we've already constructed machine learning models specifically, you know, or especially language models that can recognize these types of fraud attempts. And uh, in particular, we've, we've already constructed a model for the coronavirus email fraud attempt. So we're seeing in the wild, we've updated our models that can now stop these attacks, um, you know, from a, from a global point of view without just, you know, and again, we already were able to catch them with uh, by, by looking for those you know, unusual requests from people that have never sent those requests before or combining the urgency and the fear in, in the language um, off the, the body of the email. We've taken all of those and we have refined our models even better to be able to instantly flag things that look, you know, um, suspicious. So, so one of the things that we did, you know, we obviously wanted to you know, help out, you know, in this situation. Our our our, our mission, of, you know, in, in, during these crises has been to be uh, to be to be of service to, uh, to a lot of our colleagues um, that are running security organizations inside of uh, the enterprises and businesses. And um, so we wanted to, you know, offer our services for free. Where we said, hey, listen. We know you're already slammed. We know that you are under pressure. And uh, when we see the attackers, you know, up their game, when they're sending, you know, uh, 230% more, you know, uh, scammy um, uh, phishing and BEC emails, we want to be able to step our game as well. And so that we said, listen, we will offer our solution for free for 90 days. Um, use it, plug it in. It's going to take you less than a couple of minutes to be able to plug this into your Office 365 or G Suite. And, that, and let the machines do the job for you. So your end users don't have to you know, sit down and worry about, wait, you know, is this email look suspicious or not? Um, let Armablox do that work for you. Okay. I mean, you know, so, so to clarify, you know, so I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I have a small business, uh, whatever, small, medium business. All of my workers are now working from home, but we use Office 365 and I'm not currently an Armablox customer but in 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 relatively short time, I could sign up for this uh, free ninety day uh, protection and 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 implement some kind of email security from our blocks. Absolutely, it'll take you less than less than five minutes. It takes about a couple of minutes to go and click a button and say turn on Armor blocks, and that's it. Okay, very cool. Um. All right. Well, I think uh, you know. I, I think that's enough. You know. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're I, I, for 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 reference sake. Uh, you know, we're we're recording this on a Friday, and so I'm 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 you know looking forward to uh, you know, hopefully being able to catch my breath on the weekend and you know just you know my my uh, since March 13th, uh, I've basically only left my house to go to my own backyard. So, you know, I'll be, I'll be hanging out on the back patio, uh, you know, listening to some music and, uh, you know, watch, watching the kids play in the backyard. 
Uh, it sounds, uh, you know, it sounds exactly like my life. You know, I'll be honest. And I think we were, we started sheltering in place since uh, March 10th, you know, a few days before the uh, before the official announcement came in. And so, uh, so yeah, my uh, my outings have been severely limited to just going to the, uh, you know, to, to either uh, you know, take the little one for a flu vaccine shot or go get some groceries, um, you know, grocery runs. Uh, when when people have stopped delivering stuff to your house, so uh, those have been locations, but it's uh, it's the backyard and the uh, and the, the house for for us as well. Well, um, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to record the the podcast, and uh, uh, I wish you well. Take care, stay safe, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, in in the foreseeable future, we can get back to some kind of normal. Indeed, yes, stay safe and uh, stay healthy. Tony, thanks so much for having me on this uh, podcast. All right, take care. Take care. I appreciate you investing your time to listen to the podcast, but I also invite you to engage on social media. Uh, please go like our Facebook page and follow at Techspective on Twitter and Instagram. You can feel free to let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like, let me know if you love it, let me know if it sucks. And uh, let me know what products you'd like to see reviewed or what uh, questions that you'd like to see answered in future posts.